Welcome to Conversion Marketing Radio, uncovering the secrets of how to convert your dream clients into paying customers. If you're here to learn about maximizing conversions for your business without wasting money on vanity results, consider subscribing to this podcast. And now, here's your host, Ben Wilson. Hey guys, welcome to Conversion Marketing Radio. I am super excited for today. We have a special guest on the show. His name is Grant Tanner. He's someone that I've known for quite a while and is an absolute rock star at selling. He's also taken into the internet marketing world and even quit his job recently to do so. And I cannot believe that the internet is just trying to prepare itself for Grant Tanner. (laughs) (laughs) If if he's able to do what he does selling uh, on the internet, it's just gonna change everything. So welcome, Grant. Thank you, absolutely. Uh, I know Grant from when him and I used to be at the small consulting agency in the healthcare industry and Grant actually was, um, he came in to be a business development guy and to absolutely change the way that the company was selling their services. And so I wanted to kind of pick Grant's brain because he's known for selling, being some of the best salesmen in all of his companies and businesses that he's been in and uh, see what some of his tactics, strategies, his secrets are of how to close any deals. Yeah, absolutely. So Grant, before you get into a sale, is there any secrets, any uh, tricks you do, anything to get your mind prepared? Uh, Yeah, I mean, depending on the context, right? So I like to look at sales and, and some of my formal sales training is you want to look at, you know, I've, I've been formally trained as more of a consultative or it's more of consulting as opposed to selling. Right? Okay. So I mean, like you're like teaching people. You're, you want to have a conversation with someone. Okay. And really the whole thing is you want to, this, you want to, you want to find the facts. You want to discover their issues. You want to learn about their needs and you want to um, really what it comes down to is what, what is driving them, right? What is their ultimate motivation? Um, and so there is there is um, some formal sales training. It's called FIND, F-I-N-D, Facts, Issues, Needs, Drivers. And that could be more of a foundation for a way of selling, right? So we've, we've used that. We use that in the financial industry a lot. People would come in and you'd kind of start with the facts. Hey, what brings you into my office today? And why are you here? And what can I do for you? Um, you know, sitting down and having a conversation. And you, you, they come in and say, hey, here's my issue, right? They lay down an issue and they say, oh, well, I'm wanting to open up a college savings account for my kid or I want to do this or that. And then you go from the issue to a need. Okay, so really the ultimate need is you're going to need some X amount of money or you're going to need X, you know, down in the future. And uh, ultimately, you want to kind of get to the whys, you know, like why is that? Why is that even important to you? Mm -hmm. And then they can open up and say, oh, well, it's always been my dream to pay for my children's college education because I want to see them succeed in life. And that's on my bucket list. Right. And so you can get to the you can discover um, really what drives them and what motivates them. Or another way of saying it is uh, a lot of people sum it up as to one word and what pain. Right. What is the 
prospects pain, right? What's the pain point? And you want to discover that pain point. Like, mm. hey, what? what's the issue? Um, why is that such a big deal to you? And what if I told you right now, or what if, um, what if there were a solution and what would that look like? Right. And having a conversation around what the solution is and, um, and being able to, to, you know, just talk with them about that. And ultimately if you get to their driver, uh, and, and kind of circle back to that motivation, then at that point it's, I mean, it's like the deal is already closed, right? You don't really have to sell. It's just, it's done. Right. So how do you find the, I mean, do you try to offer everyone the same product or are you more so trying to target the people and understand their whys or maybe their needs before you ever even talk to them or sell them? So that way you're, I mean, are you preparing for this or do you just try to sell people the exact same thing? Mm -hmm. It's obviously good if you know, if you have a target audience, right? And you kind of have a persona in mind of, of who you want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Some companies go into really specific personas and they say, okay, well, you know, let's draw out my perfect client. And they say, my perfect client is, and really detailed, right? His name is Billy. He's 6'2". He's super fit. He goes to the gym every day. I mean, they get really detailed because they have an image in their head of who their perfect client is Mm -hmm. um, and a target audience, right? So, I mean, ideally, yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't try to sell, you know, your thing to everyone because, I mean, that's silly, right? No one is going to go out. Your, your product is not perfect for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, the more you can hone in on who your product is good for, then obviously it gives you a leg up because they're going to be more attentive, right, to your message. So, uh, that's important. Right. I mean, you can't always do that. Um, but we have technology now that helps us, that allows us to do that. Right. I mean, it, it, it's essentially your, 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 your list of leads, mm-hmm. right. You could start out with cold calling and you say, okay, here's a list of businesses. Well, that's one step ahead, right? At least you have a list and you know, they're a business. Mm-hmm. That's a start. Well, you could hone in even further. You could funnel it down. Okay. Well, there's a business and this is a list of carpet cleaning businesses. And I have a product for carpet cleaning businesses. Okay, well, that's, you know, we're niching down even more. Mm -hmm. So the more you can niche down your list, I would say the better. Just because maybe some of your qualifying questions you won't have to ask if you get your your list honed in even more. Um, And that's a technique that most salespeople will have is they'll have qualifying questions. So you get someone on the phone and, for example, let's say I'm going to go to a, a dentist a dental office or something. And I walk in and I say, um, you know, or, or even for this example, let's say I just walk into a building and I have no idea who's inside the building. And at the front counter, I ask, are you a dentist or is there a dentist in this building? That would be a qualifying question. Right. Um, you know, and, and for the most part, or even a qualifying question for someone I know as a dentist, I could walk in and say, uh, do you market? Do you market here? Are you taking new patients? Because if they said, no, we're so swamped, I'm not taking new patients right now, then you could say, okay, thanks very much. Have a great day. Because they're not right for you. And that's a qualifying question. Even before you can get into you know, 
any type of consultation, uh, you need to have some qualifying question for who's right for your business or not. No, I think that's absolutely important. You've got to figure out, I'd even put out to say, um, figuring out like who your dream clients are, right? right? The type of people you do want to work with. And then right. from there, figuring out what are the qualifying questions to help any business become a dream client. Right. And that helps you definitely solidify. I like that. Um, definitely increases your conversion. So mm-hmm. I want to know, um, you, uh, you recently quit the financial industry. I did. Right? I did. So uh, that must be kind of scary. Yeah. At, at the same time, um, pretty exciting. Right. Hopefully. Very exciting. Right. So I want to know what what enticed you to take something that was paying you mm-hmm. and to jump into online marketing? Yeah. And what are you doing these days? Yeah. So uh, I, I did work in the financial industry since uh, school. You know, I graduated college in 2008. So, you know, we were coming up on a decade. Um, and it was always comfortable, right? It was always the big company with the benefits and the big 401k match and the great health insurance plan. And, uh, you know, for me, I guess it just came down to a certain threshold of, you know, I kind of looked around. I, I have a question. I'm a questioner as like personality trait. I'm a questioner. And so oftentimes I'd, I'd look around and, and everyone around me seemed to not be enjoying what they were doing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's not only one company, that's almost, uh, almost any company you go to, you'll take a look around and you'll see people who are, who are not excited to be there and who are not wanting to be there. So I looked around and I said, um, you know, what's the point? Why, why are people, why do people do this? Why do people just, are they're still coming to work and they're still doing this, you know, and I know that people need to pay the bills and, you know, there's financial needs that needs to be met. Um, and it got to the point where I was asking the same, that same question to myself is I'd wake up not excited to be at work and I would say, well, why am I, why am I doing this? You know, like (laughs) what's the point? Um, And I had always done, I was actually, I did get a finance degree in college, but before that, before I I switched to a finance degree, I was, I was in marketing and, um, you know, it was, it was always kind of the fun side of business or the creative side of business. And so I always kind of did some of that on the side, some, you know, the occasional website design that I would do, um, and, and the occasional, it was really just web design for the most part. And uh, I decided I had enough skill to be able to launch a website design company. And without really even having a client base, uh, I essentially got so fed up with my job and I just decided to take the leap. And I had, you know, I had some, some financial cushion. I had some savings that I could rely on. And my wife was uh, very supportive and we've got two kids and we just said, all right, well, let's do it. You know, what's the, what's the worst case scenario? Right. Sometimes you have to think instead of letting fear prevent you from doing your dream or doing what you want to do, because that happened to me for a long time. You know, I stayed probably an extra couple of years. Um, at some point, you just have to say, well, what could what's the worst thing that could happen? And in my case, that was OK, well, you blow through your savings. 
you know, you go a year without making a dime and you blow through your savings and you have to go back and get a, get a job. All right. Well, fine. If that's the worst case scenario, <laughs> that's not that bad. You know, I could, <laughs> I could go get another job in a year and, you know, I have credentials and I'm certain, you know, different certifications that I could rely on. And I have a network that I could, I could find a job again. You know, it's not like I'm disabled in any way that would prevent me from getting another job. Right. What about the fear of not getting the job? Would that have prevented you from of not also, getting of not getting another job? Yeah, because I know. Yeah, I've I could to see that people before, and they the reason why they they didn't ever take the initial risk mm-hmm. to jump into what they wanted to do was actually the fear of actually not being able to come back. Right. And um, it was a lot easier for them to just continue going. Right. And versus yeah taking the veer off path, especially yeah. with. You know, some of the people talking about today's economy, but today's economy is amazing. Right. You can get a job. You just have to right. show your talents in right. different ways. You can get a job. Yeah, you can always get a job, right? And even if it's um, not at the same role or position or rung where you were before, and you may have to work back to that, um, that's kind of worst case scenario. Yeah. No, that is. I think we definitely limit ourselves. I know personally I've limited myself, um, even in starting this podcast, like just literally talking into a microphone, right? People don't even have to see my face, but just even that small thing mm-hmm. limited me. And by that, I've been limited by a lot of other things, right? right? And as I started it, I started realizing the only person who's held me back is myself. Right. right. There's all these other influences we want to put blame on. And there really have been other influences in a lot of our lives that have influenced us or prevented us from getting to where we want to go. Right. But I think maybe we've just built up enough of a system in ourselves or like our own little belief window, if you've ever heard that term, where we believe after being cut down so many times mm-hmm. that we just have this fear that it's going to happen again. We end up just pre cutting ourselves down right. before something ever happens. Yeah. And there's a, I mean, you'll go study the best motivational speakers or the best salespeople. And, and you look at the Tony Robbins and the Grant Cardones and you know, they're all about what you're, what you just said, right? It's all about eliminate these limiting beliefs you know, the, the sky is the limit. Uh, you, you can eat what you kill, have that motivation. It's all about this internal drive. And, and that's, and that's true, right? Uh, you do have to have kind of this, this internal hustle or this internal drive, but I feel it's not, you know, these, these big, big time speakers, they make it sound like it's easy. Or that, you know, if you don't do it, it's life and death and that kind of thing. But um, I think it's oftentimes we underestimate, we overestimate what we can get done in a short amount of time. We overestimate that, but we underestimate what we can get done in a longer amount of time. So it's, like it's this consistent daily challenge, right? You wake up, you set your to-do list, you get stuff done, right? As long as you're working toward the goals that you set day after day, you're gonna get stuff done and you're gonna be fine, right? 
And worst case scenario, <laughs> if it doesn't work out the way you thought it would, then you go back and you get another job. Because it's really, because you can. Because mm-hmm. you've done it before and you can do it again. And don't don't fall into this fear of, oh, I'll never get a job again if I leave this company. No, that's bull. You can get another job. I've been laid off before many times. And it's, it's it might be, you know, the first time I got laid off was a couple months outside of college. And, and, that's, and it was scary, right? It's like, I just graduated college. I need money to provide for my family. And, you know, it, it, and it was kind of a scary time, but the more, every time I got laid off, cause it just, it happens or I quit, whatever, laid off or quit. Um, it got less and less scary. Mm. And so just like anything else, if you practice something, then you're going to get better at it. And not to say that I'm proud that I've practiced getting fired <laughs> because it sounds terrible when I say it like that. But um, the reality is everyone's going to get laid off at some point in their career, whether they deserved it or not. Um, I don't know. At this point, I almost consider myself unemployable just because not because I have, uh, you know, a, a dramatic set of talents that would be that would be valuable for an employer. It's the fact that I don't want to work for anyone else, right? I mean, it's almost like you couldn't pay me enough to go back to work for someone else because I don't want, I don't want that anymore. Like, yeah, I I do miss some of the comforts that a corporate job may provide. Um, but being able to be my own boss and I can do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And, and that is, is life-changing you know it, it feels feels great so what's your um i know we're uh, running out of time here but if i were if you were to leave something and you were to say you, you did run out right what would what would you suggest to anyone who's questioning um someone taking the leap or what would you suggest to someone or a business owner who's looking to improve their business. Mm-hmm. Is there something mental that they are, you think holding them back before they get there? Or what would you leave with that person? Yeah, so I would say, don't be afraid to fail. Because in the entrepreneurial world, failure is, is learning. Failure is education. And a lot of business owners are afraid to try new things and they'll say, this is how we've done it and it's worked out okay or maybe it hasn't worked out okay or whatever and this is just how we do it. But the business landscape, the technological landscape now is different, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, who cares about a newspaper ad anymore? Millennials don't care, I'll tell you that much. Right? Who cares about even radio advertising? It's so expensive and you can't even tell what your return on your investment is. And so a business owner who's stuck in this, we do, you know, we do direct mailers or we do radio spots. Um, and, and that business owner who's never tried social media advertising, for example, um, who's never set up a sales funnel, 
to, you know, set up some of that social media stuff and the, and the redirecting you can do on Facebook and Instagram and, and Google AdWords and some of that technology and that, that marketing is so, so powerful. And they're, they, they think it's, oh, it's, they have these excuses, right? Like, oh, it's too expensive, right? There's no way I, I could afford something like that. Or, um, you know, that's, that's not for my company or this and that. So I think, um, for the person who's already a business owner, I would say, don't be afraid to try something new, but at the same moment, make sure you have the ability to analyze or measure what's going on, right? You can't just throw spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. You have to have a way to track and analyze, right? Um, and then to someone who is not an entrepreneur or a business owner or someone who, who wants to try something, I would say consistency would be the word, right? There's something that you're probably, you've thought about doing, whether it's, oh, I should, I should start a blog or I'm really good at photography. I should probably get my name out there and do photography for people or you know, whatever it is, everyone has, everybody has a hobby and I guarantee you that that hobby could be converted into, you know, followers that follow you because they're interested in that hobby. And I guarantee you that you can monetize that somehow. So I would say, don't be afraid to consistently show up in whatever chosen form of medium that you want, whether it's a website or it's a podcast or you know, an Instagram account or whatever, just consistently show up and engage with people who like what you do. And then, you know, people's passions meet up and there's always a way to monetize it. So I love that. That was, a, that was the best way to end that any podcast. Thank you so much for your time today, Grant. I Absolutely. It. Thanks, Ben. And uh, guys, if you like what you heard today, um, consider subscribing and look forward to you next time. 